This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Welcome to NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this podcast, Kathy chats with Taro Saarinen, artistic director and dancer choreographer of the Finnish contemporary dance troupe Taro Saarinen Company, on the occasion of its National Arts Center presentation of Morphed, a work for seven male dancers. So Tara Saarinen, welcome to Canada's National Arts Centre and really thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Kathy. It's great to have you back. It's been several years. 11 years. 11 years. Yes, what yes. Took, what took us so long? <laughs> I don't understand, but it went so fast. Yes. So it, I'm happy to be back. It did. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you're right. 11 years. When you said that, I might have said it's been five or six years. I didn't exactly. realize it had been so long. Now, you've been running the company for a number of years, Tara Siren and Dance Company, for many years, and you've mm. created over 40 works. Mm. It's incredible. Morphed is somewhere in there. When did you create Morphed? It was 2015. Right. So sometimes it takes a while for these things to still get on the road. Here we are two years later presenting it. Yeah. And I think, you know, also it is ready now. So I think always in the premiere, and this particular piece was premiered with the live orchestra and with the composer, conductor, Esa-Pekka Salonen, uh, conducting himself. So, you know, some of the buyers came to see this huge volume piece with the full orchestra. And then, of course, we needed to modify that then for for touring Before we talked about Morph, which is the piece that we're presenting uh, at the National Arts Centre this week, let's just talk a little bit about you. Mm Because our patrons, you know, they don't know very much about you. And if they saw the show again, it was many, many years ago. Yeah. Um, So tell us a little bit about your background and your start as a dancer and a choreographer. Well, actually, I started very late. So uh, I started dancing when I was 16. And and people have to understand that's not really very late for uh, many people to start their careers. But for mm. dance, that might seem a bit later. It was in that way, you know, when I was 16, I started a jazz dance. And it was my father, actually, who took me into the dance class. Seriously? Yeah. So well, that was quite, you Was know, your father a dancer himself? No, no. But we were sports people. So we were doing everything. Ice hockey, you know, tennis, volleyball, you know, skating, skiing anything anything so it was one we were and we still are kind of sports crazy family and then dance was just a prolongation in a way kind of natural uh, uh, continuation into that into that same kind of path were and a lot of were a lot of um, males doing dance though in oh those no days? I was the only one yeah. in that little west coast town called Pori 
So I, you know, still now when I go back to Porin, there are people are saying hi, hi to me, and there are all these women that actually were at the same time in the school. So I was the only guy there, and then there was 600 women. So wow. So just to underscore that your father, mm. one thing you're an extension of sports, but on the other yeah. hand, for a boy to go into dance class at that time yeah. is a bit different. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, still, it was one of those life-changing moments when I went into that class. I felt that something happened. So the sports, in a way, in me, you know. Uh, paved the way for this 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 meeting and then when there was this music and the artistry and and all that i felt that i am at home so it was really this kind of mind blowing you know i feel i'm still kind of intoxicated by that first encounter with dance that's fantastic was it jazz dance the way we think of broadway it was kind of yeah it was jazz dance i think luigi technique so it was a lot of isolation movement you know kind of joy of dance so so it was there was something you know there that i felt that i'm born to do this that's amazing it's like you're calling you found <laughs> your totally, calling when you were 16 totally. that's probably not um as old in age for a male to start compared to compared to women so what happened mm. how did you how did that become part of your solo career Well, actually, because I, I was 16 already, then there was only one way to become a professional, and for me, even to understand that there is this kind of profession. So, so uh, it was the only way to, to move to capital, to Helsinki, capital of Hels- uh, Finland, and then start there in, at the National Ballet School. So then I started ballet when I was 18, and that was late. Mm-hmm. And then I, there I was with the guys who started with as seven years old or right. nine years old. So that was quite. Quite hard for me to to to, you know, uh, catch up all that information that they had already. But then I was quite determined, and 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 I, I really felt that you know I don't want to give up. This is this is my my uh, mission also, and 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 dance somehow resonated in me, and I always felt there is this kind of primal force in me that that uh, I need to explore and I need to kind of. Uh, uh, You know, study also. Well, ballet is an incredible f- sort of foundation for technique, even if one mm. doesn't become a ballet dancer. Exactly. But did you actually perform balletic classical works? I did, I did. What kind of yeah. roles? Well, I was actually this kind of like a, a choker, uh, the one. I was quite technical, and because I also did a lot of gymnastics before ballet, so I had the flexibility, and then I was... Uh, 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 Quite fast, I, I I gained some standard of of, of technique. So I like to turn, and I was doing all the tricks. So I was the you know the the the, the, the funny guy. Fantastic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, can you give us an example of a role you might have played in a classical ballet that we would be familiar with? Uh, well, were you the bluebird, for example? I did the bluebird. There you go. <laughs> yes, I did the bluebird, and there was you know a donkey shot. So there was this a beggar a beggar role. You know the one who was actually mocking everybody and. And and uh, there was a, this. Oh, I was doing Spanish doll and Chinese doll right. in, in Nutcracker and all that. Yes. So the character roles, but ones that still demanded a lot of techniques. Yes. 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 Fantastic. Yes. I don't think people always realize that even contemporary dancers today, many Western contemporary dancers, still take ballet as a foundation yeah. for their daily practice. Yeah. I mean, if you take it intelligently and you happen to have a good teacher, and you can gain a lot from that technique. So I think you know that was a good. Good solid base for me to explore more. What made you decide to actually begin making dance? That's a, also a big leap. Not every dancer goes that route. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the same time, I was then already 18 and then more, and I started to observe all these other things and other doors of dance. So all these things that is happening around the world, and and and, and I especially got interested 
uh, of puto dance, you know, this revolutionary uh, contemporary dance uh, 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 from Japan. From Japan. Mm-hmm. And that somehow took me, that triggered something in me. And at the same time doing the ballet and 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 and, and uh, being in that hierarchy of the ballet world and, and under those norms and rules. And I felt there's some interesting, you know, a freedom of expression existing, inhabited in that form of expression. And, and, and I felt, you know, that I need to explore more. And I also felt that in those days, the classical ballet, uh, uh, you know, the male roles, I felt that we were all typecasted, that you could either be a prince, you could be the, 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 the clown, or you could be the monster. And I felt that, you know, there are so many other sides and frequencies and tastes and, and temperaments in me that I wanted to explore. I'm trying to understand your situation in, we're talking about the 80s, 80s right? Yes, yes. So do you see Japanese buto dance on video or does a company tour to Helsinki? What is it that opens up there a was, young man's world yeah. at that, in that time period? Well, there, there actually in the beginning of 90s, there was this kind of, you know, a wave of contemporary Japanese dance invading Europe. And also some some uh, some of these puto dancers came to to Helsinki, and I saw saw these performances, and then there there was classes also, and then something triggered, you know, in me, and it was something you know again this kind of like non-verbal connection that I felt there is something important for me to explore, that something in me in my body is something is living in me that 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 shakes hand with this style, this that's, strange. That's uh, style, so I, I felt that I need to also to enhance the dancing man in me. So I need to explore more, and I was always kind of interested in these traditions that are far older than any dance traditions in Europe. So that's why I then went for one year uh, in in to Japan, and I studied there, you know, uh, Nihon, uh, Nihonbuyo, uh, traditional dances, and also puto dance, and then martial arts. So it was kind of injection of information and old information. That's terrific. Mm. But when you went there, did you think you were going to make this part of your choreography, make this part of your the way that you were going to be a creative person, or was it mm. really just to continue informing your body as a technical yeah, way? Yeah, or technical and this kind of psychophysical person. You know, that I, What do you mean by psychophysical? I mean, also, I was enhancing this understanding of me and then opening doors inside of me that I didn't n- know that it exists. So there was this, you know, this this mental landscape that kind of opened to me and then somehow it talked to me and then I felt that, you know, it enriches my dancing, my performing and 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 I never thought that I will become a choreographer. You know, it's uh, it just happened. I, I felt just voices and, and forms coming out and I, and I started to, you know, kind of organize them and then, then I started very kind of mildly and, and, uh, and in a small scale doing a little solo here and there and and in that way I was kind of uh, uh, expanding my understanding firstly as a performer who am I who can I be and and and, and what this dance could be you know? I've I've heard this before from from other choreographers mm. that it just happened yeah and I'm wondering if you can yeah. remember that that first time that you had an audience watching you mm. dance, so they're mm. not just watching you as a technical person yeah. or as a joker, as as yeah. in the classical ballet, yes. but they're watching what you've made. It's like yeah. your first song, your first book, your mm. first dance. What was that moment like for you? I mean, it's, it was a delicate moment and a nerve-wracking moment because it was really that I was I was the one to blame 
if that moment does not ha- happen. If You're it doesn't, very vulnerable. Yeah, if it doesn't resonate or, or, or if it just doesn't work. If it doesn't work for me as a performer and it doesn't work, it doesn't resonate towards the audience. And But I, I remember it was really condensed, concentrated moment in my life. And I've, I really feel, I, I, I totally remember this very first mm-hmm. solo of mine. And, and I was basically just shaking my f- fingers in a, in a spotlight and, and, and then kind of let that take over. And then... And things happened, and, and and people really liked it, and so it was kind of like letting some other vessel to come out. That's beautiful because mm. then then you've got this sense of somehow pride that you've opened Definitely, yourself up exactly. and put out that vulnerability, and people are responding exactly. well. And of course, then that gives you, yeah. I guess, the encouragement to keep of going. Of course, that's it. So if we fast forward a little bit, at some yeah. point you're back in Helsinki and you make a decision to form a company. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't make that decision. I I, I did all these little works here and there, and then Ohad Naharin from Patsheva Dance Company saw my my duet with another guy. And then he asked, which one is the choreographer? And, and then I said, I am the choreographer. And then he said, I want to invite you to my company. Fantastic. So he was this, he was like the first foreign choreographer who actually believed in, in me and what I do. And so it was quite, you know, uh, uh, unheard that, you know, that I was picked up for this world famous company. And Fantastic. Then I, yeah. Who we just had here this past year, actually. Yeah. And our, yeah. our audience is quite familiar with Ohad. And yeah. That's I don't I don't often know that he's given opportunities yeah. to outside choreographers. He did, so that's... he did in the beginning. He did actually. He invited a lot of choreographers, young choreographers that he believed has something to say, and then and I was one of those lucky ones. That's fantastic. Yeah. So off you went to Tel Aviv. I went there, 1994, and I created a piece for the company, and then after that another time. So it was it was kind of mind blowing experience, and of course a confirmation. You know, so that's. How do you start to build up your, you know, your self-confidence and ID for for this uh, word choreographer? But you decided to stay in Helsinki. I mean, this draw to Japan and then these opportunities in Israel. Mm. You kept going back to your country. It's my roots. You know, I felt that you know I want to function from Finland, and and then also there there were I, I found people that believed in my work, and this is also not only artists, but also you know the 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 you know, uh, manager and and all these people that you know that you know uh, serve in a way the artist and 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 uh, or, or with whom I felt I can build something more concrete and and time lasting, and then you know, and then also of course you know those lighting designer Mikki Kunto for example with whom I have worked since the beginning and I'm still working and you can today. And, and 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 here in Ottawa to see his work and his magnificent uh, lighting and set designer. So with with him I have worked since the beginning. So I felt also that I I need to have a base and the base is Finland. But since the dance is art form for with, without borders, so so you know that it doesn't matter if I'm in Finland. And I felt also it's 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 a protective place. You know you can really concentrate into your work, be trend free. You know, really go to your own mm-hmm. own mission and, and do what you believe in and then have those people around you that believe in your work. It's interesting that you talk also about these long-time collaborations. Yeah. You're very, very inspired by music. Mm. Uh, when we brought the company here many years ago, uh, we presented one of the most beautiful solos, your version, 
to the Stravinsky's Rite of Spring mm. called Hunt. You presented a duet. Mm. All of these things have, have been very associated with mm. music and, mm. of course, morphed um, being very associated with your fellow Finlandian yeah. as a So where, yeah. where does music to you uh, as an artist, as a creator of movement, what, what role mm. does music and original composition play? I think you know again we have to go back into the roots and into my my upbringing so we I was soaked with music as well and all kind of music whether it was carpenters or it was Rachmaninoff and you know everything in between so so uh, the music has always been you know the, this big source of inspiration and 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 part of also of of uh, I mean, it's this kind of eternal union. I think music and dance—it's a primal force. And then I always feel that you know that that it's it's something more. And I, I get so inspired by the music. So it gives me images, it it gives me ideas. It you know it it, it promotes some of my ideas. And 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 so it, it's this it's so um, fundamental and 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 uh, I think primal force of inspiration the music so and also the fact that in finland actually it's a it's a nation of music you know so our you know i national identity is boosted by these fantastic music makers and i think we are really harvesting that that also that political back backup that 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 uh, educating finnish people with music through music you know that 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 uh, this is uh, this is what we are actually lacking still with da- dance. So I think we have now 20 years made this work that, that we would actually boost the Finnish identity also with contemporary dance. So Is this the first time you worked with Esa Pekasalo? Yeah, I mean, I was improvising into his Mimo too, I think 1994. I was improvising to his music and then that was the kind of like uh, first encounter. And I remember that I I liked a lot his music, and there was some kind of Stravinskyan, you know, kind of like tastes and 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 uh, and frequencies that I felt connected to. And then also, you know, he is one of these composers. When he is composing, he talks about dance. He sees dance. He's, he he thinks movement. And he, then here we go. It's so seldom these days that we have a high caliber a con, a composer who actually thinks that that movement can bring something you know uh, 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 else into the into his or her composition so i think it's a wonderful opening you know for a choreographer then when you know that the composer is actually seeing dance and offering it to the dance so i've i you, you still are one of the few contemporary dance structures coming out of Helsinki and yeah. Finland, aren't you? I mean, there's certainly some independence. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah. So can you explain to us a little bit how your company works? I read mm. that, your, that your motto was aware, alert, attentive. I thought that was quite fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, again, we go into the backbone of the company. So I have this administration, people also, you know, outside of the artistical crew that believes in my work. And, and you need the support of these people in order to build anything, you know. So so there, I have had this this community, Terosarnen company, already more than 20 years. And we got government support after nine years of work, and that was 2004. So, of course, the fact that you, you get uh, funding from the government, you can start to plan things ahead. So then it comes more professional. And, uh, and, and at the same time, you know, I have had 
privilege to, to set up my pieces to other companies. So it's my company doing the, the creations, but then also setting up pieces for other companies. Original commissions, you mean, or giving the same pieces from your company both to ways. others? Uh, both ways. Yeah, okay. it can be original commissions. It can be the piece that, you know, that we feel that we can give it up for another company or it serves a bigger pur- purpose. But then always we are not just transmitting, you know, uh, uh, steps, but it, 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 it needs, you know, deeper thinking. What do you want to, you know, transmit? It, and it's about human values. You know, it's about, you know, it's 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 really there's a lot of respons- responsibility. And then we started to, you know, think what are the alphabets of this movement style? What I have collected through these experiences in China, in Japan, in Nepal, and the Western, you know, Occidental uh, techniques. And then there's this amalgamation, which I call terror technique. And then this we have started to, to write down. This is what I'm teaching. And, and, and this is the kind of the, the manual when we set up pieces. And in that manual, I use always these words, attentive, alert, alive, aware, you know, because I think that's the state, what we need to be. And I think dance can be used us to be present because nobody is really present anymore. Everybody is running from A to B and nobody is do, not doing this journey. And the journey is the most interesting. And, you know, when you make the journey, you learn things and you collect things and you see things and you hear things and you sense things. And this is actually the important thing in my classes. So I think the interesting, there's so many interesting points in what you're, in what you're raising. But also when you say tarot technique, Mm. you know, we think of technique as something very codified, Mm. you know, the ballet technique of this master or that master or even the butoh technique of this master or that master. But it doesn't sound like you're talking about a codified technique, but Mm. more an approach to who the dancer is in the space. Of course, it is really about, you know, you know, you about the confronting each and in each and every individual and then enhancing his or her existing talents and then calming people down because you need to calm people down in order people to learn anything and then that's the the the, the most valuable thing in our time that you can with dance and dance classes and confronting dance and implementing dance into the society, we can calm ourselves down and we can concentrate into our corporal talent and find new things and also spread tolerance. It's, a, it's very interesting, especially given that you've often worked with live music, mm. with different dancers, with being on tour. These are not necessarily elements that equate with calm no. <laughs> there's a lot of detail but in that's there. why you need you know a method a technique you know exercises because then then you 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 need to create calmness and 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 trust and 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 responsibility that who is responsible of this situation you need to create that bond between the musicians and also i amalgamate the, the, the musicians very often into the action and that's the most vulnerable moment for the for the musician to be uh, to to be asked to dance to move to be aware of the space that you are around not just your instrument your voice or your virtuosity but in a way enhance it expand it and then be a kind of like with this curious skin of yours which is 360 degrees resonating so you've done this with um, a company in the US, yes? Yeah. With Boston Camerata? Boston Camerata, we toured 12 years. Tell us about that. Well, that was that was one of these encounters that kind of just uh, 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 
boosted this, you know, this this understanding what this union can still be, and we should not forget that, and 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 this 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 uh, amalgamation of things, and I, I love that idea that people said that in the end they didn't see who is the dancer, who is the singer, and I think that's the the, the biggest uh, um, paycheck for me in a way that you there is suddenly this kind of you know like baked. Uh, um, you know, kind of uh, togetherness that 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 uh, supports that bigger idea that what we are what we are talking about and that particular piece we talked about pacifism about equality between sexes and all that and then we had this this common force for the very important uh, matter. Very beautiful. Mm. What are you talking about in Morphed, the piece that we'll see at the National Art Center? Well, you know, it started actually from the fact that I wanted to uh, kind of look back, look look back at my life, you know, as a performer, as as a as a um, dance maker, and and some kind of you know like this, I think fifties crisis also. <laughs> but you know, this kind of as in the age. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and and what was funny also that you know when Esapekka Salonen composed his violin concerto which is the third part of this evening, uh, he he had the same feeling that he's 50 and he was composing this. When he was composing this, he was looking for the, the next sound, the next note, the unknown note. And I felt this same urge that I'm looking for a, a new form for men because I think this malehood and manhood have been under scrutiny, scrutiny, scrutiny. Scrutiny. Yes, scrutiny. scrutiny is perfect. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and I and, and rightfully so because I think we need to kind of reevaluate, reevaluate, reestablish this manhood, and also think can be different kind of men, and can even we were talking about this this how we are, you know, kind of casting ourselves. We are preoccupied of how should I be as a male dancer. How am I as a male dancer? And I think this needs to be oxygenized. It needs to be kind of breaking down. And then we need to also, we need to let in other kind of forces, sentiments, frequencies. And and and, and with Morphed, I think we are really looking for this new form, like a spring, spring form, the forms of spring. And, and men who could be more, you know, uh, uh, more, Without these old burdens, these stereotypical ways of thinking, you know, this loudness and 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 um, you know all, all those old tastes, and I, so I'm really looking for this kind of new beginning. Uh, and and still, it doesn't it doesn't uh, uh, exclude virtual, you know, virtuous dancing or, or, or skillful dancing or, or or all that. And this was also actually why I brought in. You know, dancers from different age groups, and uh, you know, so the youngest. What is the range in the company? The youngest. Mm, the youngest is twenty something, and the oldest forty something. So there's, it's, not, it's a nice, you know, uh, uh, transmission happening also inside of the group of of the dancers, and also then there are people coming from street dance, classical ballet, contemporary dance. So that was also this kind of amalgamation of things and transmission to learn from each other, and 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 then in that way also to enhance this idea of male dancing. But on the other hand, also, I think when we talk about only this male dancing, it's really about human beings and and how do we get, you know, uh, um, more tolerant and how do we get 
uh, uh, kind of this possibility to for the new start and what what are these new elements that we can you know provide into this into this world and uh, yeah is it hard not to dance on the stage anymore yourself i mean i know you still might do some i'm always dancing things. when i'm on the on the uh, chair of watching course, so you know course. it's hard not so to am move I, but, uh, yeah yeah that's true i was next to you in pinas performance <laughs> i was like Kathy was dancing with oh, them of course but i'm not making my professional <laughs> yes. living as a dancer as you did yeah yeah i mean it is of course you know when you you know uh, dose it down you know this this urge to be on the stage and then this this performer of yours but then i think it is really about time to transmit so and, and to mentor the next uh, generation so I, i i get a lot of uh, you know inspiration from that and still i am now preparing for an, another duet with an accordion player that that uh, is is a full evening and I, i'm dancing in that myself i know and people will have an opportunity to see that in montreal and in quebec city next yeah, spring next spring which is fantastic so all of the fans that you have in ottawa will head down the road yeah. including myself to yeah. uh, to see those right. those works so that's you you're making work for yourself for who you are today which is mm. and then being able to make this work also for dancers of various ages and, and abilities so yes. it's a wonderful balance that mm. you can achieve i also was really struck when i reminded myself of the number of different companies that you've made work for yeah. they're very very different i mean uh the finnish national ballet and um leon opera ballet even though they both have the word mm. ballet in them mm. they're very different kinds of companies yeah. and or korean traditional dance company yeah the, the korean traditional dance company yeah. yes tell us about your i was just going to ask yeah. about that because i know that was a huge success for you as well yeah. and you're going back to korea yeah. is that correct yeah so they find you somehow mm. your language speaks to mm. their culture and their lives on the other side of the world And that yeah. must have been a very fascinating experience. Well, it was somehow it's in the same line since I have been studying all these Asian truths of dance. So I felt that this is a beautiful opportunity. But I was the first uh, Western choreographer that they ever worked with. So I mean, it was not only that situation there creating something, but it was you know like messing up with their hierarchies, you know their routines and 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 traditions, and then trying to understand that this is how this world functions and it, so it was really kind of mutual uh, learning but in a, in a strange way there was this this kind of like uh, uh, intuitive uh, handshake uh, something happened there you know there there was something you know like deeper and 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 when i was talking something through a translator of course so things started to happen and i was like a strange poesia poet po- strange poetic you know uh, um taste entered in that i have never performed i never felt before so it was it was like i you know you you talk about your truth and then you try to keep all that ingredients and uh, the the images or the verbal and then uh, uh, coding for them but and then you see that something else happens that, that they kind of like through their traditions uh, interpretate that in in a very different way So, and it, which then feeds back to how you're going to approach the choreography. Exactly. So that was really very very special and 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 all these experiences like Leon Opera Ballet or or um Pacheva and all these companies that of course they have molded me who I am now because I have had this wonderful opportunities to see these directors, these dancers and different truths of dance and it always enhances my choreography making 
And most of the time when I go outside of my own group, I can work on something, you know, uh, that I we cannot do with my company. So that there can be a choir actually, you know, uh, uh, that I can use and uh, and all these things. So well, before I let you go, I you said the word choir and live music. So. Yes. Uh, I had the privilege of hearing a little bit the other day about your next big project in the United States. Yeah, so uh, we are going to make, I'm going to make a new piece with the Los Angeles Philharmonics. And uh, I have this wonderful opportunity to work with Susanna Melki, who is the conductor in residence there. And uh, and the piece will be Bernd Alua Zimmermann and then his uh, cello concerto which has actually never been performed in the United States. So it will be a premiere of it. And it's it's a beautiful, multi-layered, uh, you know, uh, work of music. And again, when he composed that piece, he thought of dance. And he even actually called it like a proposition for a trio. So I kind of respect the composer's wish, and I'm making a trio now with uh, three dancers of my company, and then there will be... Um, full symphony orchestra at the Walt Disney Hall in LA. It's brilliant. Very I'm few so choreographers excited. get a chance to do this. I am it's so a, excited. It's a great testament to your strength and your uniqueness and your individual mm. uh, qualities as a choreographer that, mm. that these people seek you out to do these projects. It's brilliant. Yeah, I'm so happy. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you here uh, and performing these uh, performances of Morphed with this gorgeous group of male dancers. Mm. And I hope we'll get a chance to see some of the other works before another 11 years goes yes, by. Please. And I <laughs> And I just thought I would ask you if you wouldn't mind in your native tongue just saying yeah. something to the people of Ottawa. In my native tongue? Ah. Tervetuloa katsomaan tanssia. Tanssi tekee ihmiselle hyvää. Which translates as? Basically, that dance does good for human spirit. Thank you very much, Tero Saarinen. Yes. That's all for this NEC Dance Podcast. Send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at necpodcasts.ca. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free.
Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.